Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Uh, got a lot of uh, excitement in the markets here, uh, Mike. Um, but let's talk about something that we don't normally talk about this week, and let's kind of focus in on the energy markets. We're starting to see a little bit of a breakout, and you pointed out something uh, last week, and and you've uh, then again uh, started to talk about it again this week. So let's uh, let's hear what you have to say when it comes to uh, the technical perspective for these uh, uh, for these energy markets. Yeah, so as of right now, if you're taking this crude chart and most active chart, bring it on a monthly basis and looking at it more long term, you have this nice descending wedge that's taken place with a breakout that took place uh, in March of last year when we saw crude up prices go negative. So with that false breakout, with that only being a one month move before returning to the formation, it would suggest a very aggressive move back higher uh, about three uh, half to three fourths of the way through the pattern and we are currently within that time frame for a breakout uh, of the pattern so if we do see this breakout coming up soon what it would suggest is a move back above the original high of the pattern and realistically from the base to the peak of the pattern at the breakout point which would take you to about 175 on this crude chart long term that could be next year it could be the year after it could be three years down the road but it would suggest a longer term uh divergence from this really descending price action we've seen since our last high uh price spike to the low that we saw this past year um so more than likely, uh, you got May. That's looking at like a pretty good time frame to potentially see that breakout on the monthly chart. That would come in at about 61.12 uh, for your breakout points. And the reason that looks great is because you do have a seasonal uh, move that you typically make some highs here in the month of May. Now, Mike, obviously, uh, 170 is is 120 bucks above where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean. What's the, is there a, an associated Elliott wave that would kind of uh, uh, say that we're reaching the end point of a, uh, of a down, uh, a down wave uh, that we'd be looking for this to, to start a brand new five, uh, five wave uh, up channel or, or what's, uh, what's your thoughts there? Is that, is there something, something else that you can attribute it to uh, as well? With the commodities, it's always a little bit different for the longer term patterns, uh, wave movement, but you could make a point about the last several years since the original high was made on this crude chart at a more um, diagonal movement, uh, more of a three wave, uh, a bunch of three wave, uh, maybe a double, triple three that's uh, taking place from that high to the current low and then looking at this next most likely with price movement higher, very quick, aggressive movement, as opposed to when we see these markets come down from their highs, more of a long-term gradual movement uh, okay. lower. So Now, what's what's important to note about uh, some of these things uh, and, and a lot of it when it comes to the, uh, to the technicals is you need to have some sort of a, a fundamental backing for it sometimes mm -hmm. for, for the most part. So, um, as, as you and I have talked about, and we've talked about, uh, over the last uh, few weeks and months, as we've been preparing for this new presidency, 
a lot of the things that uh, uh, President Biden uh, talks about and has actually started to kind of implement are ideas that could be the impetus for pushing this uh, this uh, narrative for higher higher oil prices, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a lot of executive orders going through. You got a lot of focus on green technologies. Um, you got a lot of focus on really switching uh, the narrative from what uh, ex-President Trump at this time uh, was pushing towards having uh, U.S. be a net uh, exporter of uh, energy products, being able to be very sustainable and low energy costs uh, uh, domestically, really switching the tone and going more so towards solar and uh, wind, hydro, whatever it may be, all the green focuses, um, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord, things along those lines, and right. Well, and and from what we've seen, you know, obviously, uh, as as you talk about uh, uh, President Biden and and signing executive orders, I mean, he shut down uh, the work on the uh, the Keystone uh, XL pipeline. Um, he's talked about uh, uh, suspending um, suspending uh, uh, production on public lands and uh, and. You know, so, uh, obviously the the electric vehicle uh, in- initiative that he's going for, I believe, in the next five to ten years for all government uh, vehicles, and all of those things obviously concern people about the way that we're moving away from uh, from oil here in the United States, which could then, you know, create uh, create an issue with. Uh, with these higher prices, but it's not necessarily that they're they're all changes that are going to affect us in the short term. You know, like you said, this is something that could happen over the course of a year to three years, or maybe even five or ten years, uh, to get us back up to those uh, to those that 170 area. But uh, it's important to note that as you're as you're looking at the the Keystone uh, pipeline being shut down, that's not necessarily a situation where you have to be concerned that we're not going to be bringing in this Canadian oil anymore and filling the Cushing reserve or anything like that. What that's, what that's really telling you is, okay, that's one pipeline shut down. While that was a big production pipeline for us, there are multiple other pipelines that are being improved as we speak that will bring us from easily without even talking about the Keystone uh, XL uh, will bring us from 900, uh, 900,000 barrels a day to roughly 4 million barrels a day uh, potential. So it's not like we're going to be running out of oil anytime soon. And that's what I think everybody needs to to be patient on this thing. If you're going to, if you're really looking for a move, um, that's not going to necessarily happen overnight. That's a uh, potential type thing. And the other, the other thing to think about is as you see these higher prices, that does actually help and benefit other industries. You know, let's th- let's talk about, um, you know, bean oil uh, as 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 one of those for biodiesel or ethanol um, as as something that is is beneficial to uh, to our our markets here because as you see those go up and if we get back to really producing the ethanol like we were before COVID we could definitely have some potential to see some some higher prices for our own uh our own steaks which are corn and and, and beans mm-hmm. so yeah. i mean it's not it's not terrible but it does give you give you some thoughts that uh, there are potential 
Um, now, if you were to to just trade this from the short term, I don't know that your your goal is going to be a hundred and seventy dollars. You know, you're not going to say, "Hey, I'm buying crude, and that's these guys said I have to be long, and it's going to 170." I don't think that's going to be anybody's goal at this point. I think at this point, if you're a producer, or if you're, you know, a, a, let's say a grain producer, or anything like that, I think your your first thing to do would be to start looking at the potential for maybe locking in some fuel prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to talk to your local guys. See if you can lock it out for a couple of years out, whatever it may be. Um, and just looking at potentially hedging your your bets, because as we've talked about with the commodities in the past, not only could it come from just a low supply of potential crude, but we also have the ever looming problem of what happens if inflation starts taking place in a large way. What happens if this dollar finally breaks this multi-year low and starts moving uh, to the downside with a very good potential at a uh, Adam and Eve top on this dollar chart? So. Mm -hmm. There's a few things can take place, but it just goes right back to the main idea of why this podcast was started and what Allendale's all about is where's your risk line and how do we protect that? What's going to affect your bottom line the best? Mm -hmm. Now, Mike, you just mentioned something, and, I, and we've talked about the Adam and Eve uh, uh, before. I think we talked about it in corn uh, mm -hmm. last uh, it might have been last spring or last summer. Can you mm -hmm. uh, can you refresh everybody on what that looks like uh, as as it pertains to the dollar? So what we're looking at here for an Adam and Eve top or bottom is having one of the top formations, one of these highs, a more rounded out high where you're going to come up to the top and you're going to trade there a little bit. You're going to have this a little bit of sideways motion at the top and then start moving back lower with the second or the first, depending on which one it is, flip or flop, you're going to see a very sharp spike to that high back up and then a sharp spike back down. So looking at a chart and looking at it, it looks, and most people will just recognize it as a double top, but the fact that you do see that rounded on one side and a very sharp on the other to make those highs would distinguish it as that Adam and Eve um, movement. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned the fact that we could be breaking or we could have the potential to break uh, multi-year lows. Is there a is there a projection to the downside or maybe maybe you mentioned and I just I didn't hear it. But is there a projection to the downside that you could go off of from that uh, uh, and just to give a, an idea of what that would mean? Yeah. So as of right now, the projection would suggest to move back down towards the, the lows the dollar found itself after the 2008 uh, crash. So looking at the um, 70 mark, somewhere around there is about where that, uh, where that will come into play as your projection. Mm. But first thing you break that higher 88 level in order to do so. Well, it kind of seems like we're going in that direction with as many um, monetary tools uh, and and whatnot as the Fed uh, and the Treasury continue to throw at this uh, this economy, and everybody wants to look at uh, you know the the Dow uh, being above thirty thousand or uh, the fact that we've bounced uh, you know the the crude oil back up or anything like that as a reason to uh, to be excited. Well, the economy is not exactly in the best shape right now, especially considering that we continue to just basically print money to throw at these at this problem, this ongoing COVID problem uh, that, you know, continues to to hamper the uh, uh, the economy. Um, I mean, are we 
do you think anything of what we've seen so far uh, would be maybe some light inflationary buying, or are we just not even at that point of talking about inflation just yet? I think it should be something that is at the forefront of everyone's mind. Like you just said, we are not in a great place with the economy right now. You already have, you have Fed members talking about how it does look like we're still in the middle of a recession. Um, you have stimulus payments that need to go out in order to continue to support this economy. And it's still not being completely sent out right now. And there's no talk about, well, is there another afterwards? What's what's coming in? What's the long-term game plan of this government in regards to interest rates and being able to build people's savings account as opposed to what we've seen, which was a massive, very sharp rally uh, in the equity markets and a lowered interest rate, which is leading people to not save as much because they're not getting as much back in their savings account. So they're going to take that and they're going to invest it. And then you saw the sharp spike lower last year because of COVID. A lot of people lost a lot in their 401ks and have been able to regain that. But we still have interest rates low. Have we seen people take that money off the table, put it in some kind of savings and have some kind of cushion to protect themselves? It just doesn't seem like we're at that point because then why would we then need another stimulus payment? I, that's that's going to be a big problem going forward. And mm-hmm. when is the bill due? And what, like I said, is the end goal of this government in regards to this pandemic and how, does it affect, how it has affected our economy? Because as of right now, it still does not seem like we're in the clear when it comes to the worst of the worst. Sure. Well, let me, I, I was just thinking about something that uh, uh, as you were talking and, and we we're talking about the, uh, the crude oil and we're talking about the potential for uh, higher, higher price crude oil and what that does for, uh, for some of our other markets. And I'm not going, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, seeing $170 crude uh, would be beneficial to our markets. Um, you know, obviously there's a point where that becomes uh, excessive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I am getting at is that at higher level crude prices than where we're at currently, say 65 to 75, um, that level is where typically the economy, the the markets all seem to really get into a groove and things start to, to work much, much more efficiently. So that's that's the, just to clarify a comment there. But, um, you know, as we start to, to wrap things up and obviously we've uh, we are kind of in a middle uh area here. We just had this big USDA report in January, actually four different USDA reports in January. We're coming up to a new USDA report next Tuesday on on the 9th. And what we've seen here over the last couple of weeks has been, uh, I guess the best way to put it has been fairly quiet from the soybean side of things, but extraordinary for corn, yet we're it doesn't feel like we're really tr- we're really taking off in the corn and we're actually seeing the the beans maybe backtrack a little bit we're seeing a lot of profit taking maybe uh maybe the funds are are lightening up some of their long position um even though we've made new highs in in corn four out of the last five days uh it doesn't feel like it's it's really it feels like it's a it's a struggle to get there so Mm -hmm. is there anything that you're looking at from a technical perspective on the corner of the beans 
that says, okay, maybe we've, we're, we're done going up for the time being, or we're going to take a, a brief pause, or we're just gearing up to make that next leg up. What I find very interesting about these markets, I'm going to pick specifically on the beans, is during the beginning of December, we saw the market after a run up from the mid 10 to just shy of $12, uh, back off a little bit and then move sideways into the mid part of December, waiting for that USDA report to come about. And the other thing you had during that early December timeframe was you had um, January futures that were going to be going off the board at the end of the month. And well, not off the board, but it'll be going to delivery. You'll have options going off the board, all that good stuff. And this month, well, now you got March and you're starting to do the same pattern where you ran it up, came back down, and now you're just pausing. And looking at the CME data on futures, it looks like you have been seeing a lot of movement from the March contracts into some of these back month contracts. Um, so at this time, is it something that you should be overly worried about? Are you flushing out some longs? But really, are you getting people to position themselves into more deferred contracts right now looking for this to continue at a longer term pace and just looking to front run the Goldman roll that's going to be starting on uh, report day next week and really just have themselves well positioned just taking this as a breather period to move their contract from one month to the next. Okay. Now, uh, real quick, uh, um, you mentioned uh, another point that maybe not all of our, our customers or all of our uh, uh, listeners are going to uh, to completely understand. What exactly is the Goldman Roll and how long does it last? The Goldman Roll is going to take you from the 7th to the 13th business day of the month. And what it is, it's index funds rolling period. During uh, those business days of the month, on the month before that futures goes off the board. So this month, it will be the March contracts. In April, it will be the May contracts. In June, it will be the July contracts, so on and so forth. Um, they take this period to then roll their long positions out from the front month to the secondary month, which would become the front month or become the most active month in a matter of really just a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. All right. Um, well, I think that's, a, I mean, that's a pretty good handle on what we're going to be seeing. Obviously, we do have a USDA report uh, next Tuesday. Um, I, I, just in some of the numbers that we're seeing out of, you know, uh, some of these other analyst groups, whether it's StoneX or, oh, I don't even whatever Informa is nowadays, um, it's it does seem like we're all over the board as far as old crop ending stocks. I mean, I've seen I've seen ending stocks uh, somewhere going from 1.55 last month to 1.1 or one uh, or one billion uh, carryout, and we're seeing uh, uh, bean ending stocks down uh, from 140 to uh, to 110 or maybe even uh, sub 100 at, at like 90. Um, any uh, any thoughts before we get to that report uh, on um, what that means to, to the markets? If we were to see those type of type of numbers, is any of that priced in at this point, or are we just kind of gearing up that if we do see those numbers, there's your next uh, your next reason for a leg up? Well, I think it's the latter. If you do see those numbers, I think you're going to have trade a lot more wanting to get behind this on uh, these markets because 
with the numbers we're seeing being thrown out, a lot of them says that we are undervalued at this point. So with what we've seen month after month with these bullish reports, people could potentially be looking at this and saying, I don't know when my luck's going to run out. Let me, let me see on top of maybe even rolling their contracts out and being able to hold the position longer. But let me see the USDA make these changes because we just saw them last month actually decrease exports, which didn't make a lot of sense. So are they actually going to move this, move the dial on this uh, report or are they just going to kick the can until we can get further into the season, especially to see if China will continue with their purchases at this point? Well, and and I guess uh, the next uh, the next thing to to think about is once we do get past this USDA report, as you mentioned, we've got uh, option expiration on the 19th for the March contracts. Um, you've got first notice day uh, a week uh, a week after that, um, and the the thing that uh, you know was pointed out in our conference uh, last week was that you do have a fairly strong seasonal in both corn and beans that from about the the end of february beginning of march we generally uh sell off a, a little bit uh, as we head towards planting and uh, in springtime mm -hmm. so yeah, i think so that's that'll be something to be a a big concern as as we move forward yeah definitely something to peek, uh, take a peek at and make sure you know what's going on because once we get towards the end of this month, you're going to have a lot of talk about potentially very large numbers being planted. So take a peek at that. Keep those in the back of your mind. Always be watching for your risk and where it lies. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.